On this episode, bars, gear stickers, Kansas, and real food. Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. Your hosts, Severia Tilden, Jeff Hester, and Jason Fitzpatrick. Hello, dear listeners. So we have started a Patreon page for the podcast. If you've never heard of Patreon, think of it as kind of like a tip jar. Basically, if you want to help us keep the lights on, now you can by subscribing to us on the page for a monthly sum. Now, this is totally optional, and of course the show will still be free. We will have monthly gear giveaways for our subscribers starting at the end of August 2022, and possibly some more perks down the road. If you'd like to help out, just go to patreon.com forward slash A-T-A-P. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash A-T-A-P. Thanks again. Here's the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Almost There Adventure podcast. Today we have Kate Shade of Kate's Real Food. I'm not just saying this because we're interviewing her, but it's literally my favorite energy bar out there. Um, We're very excited to welcome her um, and learn about her journey and yeah, I mean, Kate, I'm going to have you, I have a ton of questions, but why don't you go ahead and do a better introduction of yourself than I just did? I don't know. I don't know if I'm always the best to do my own introduction, but thank you, Severia. My name's Kate Shade. I started Kate's Real Food, or actually a version of Kate's Real Food, um, back in the mid-90s, just as a really teeny little business. But um, over the last few years, we've actually grown significantly. I make little delicious energy bars that are organic and just all real whole ingredients, um, just like you made them yourself in your kitchen. So without being an ad pitch, um, that's my little intro. Tell us a little bit about the origin story of where it came from. So I know you're an outdoor person yourself. You spend a lot of time in the mountains. I believe you're, were you based in Jackson Hole at the time or the Teton Valley? Uh, Jackson Hole. So I moved, I mean, I actually originally moved to Tucson Valley just for a summer and then moved over to Jackson Hole. Um, my brother lived out, lived out West. So I went out to, to visit him for a summer. Uh, and then after I graduated from college in the University of New Hampshire, I hightailed it, I think within a week of after I graduated out to Jackson Hole and, uh, there started, you know, the adventurous mountain life, uh, which I had no idea how amazing the West and the mountains were. You know, we, I grew up with little hills. So um, I moved out there, started skiing and kind of doing the, the basic, basic mountain person uh, activities, skiing and hiking and backpacking and little kayaking and climbing, um, mountain biking and Really, it was when I was skiing that I started wanting, you know, something to put in my pocket to snack on uh, during the day. And I just, I started pulling out just different things from my cupboard and started making little recipes of bars. Uh, and the, the recipes, I kept changing them, kept changing them, trying new things. And it probably was really over the course of eight or nine years that it came out to be the first bar that I actually wrote down the recipe for was, I called it the tram bar. Because uh, I used to go to the Jackson Hole Ski Resort and wait at the tram line. And oftentimes that's where I ate my bars, sitting in tram line. And, and then I started handing them out to my friends because uh, they loved them so much. So that is how it started. Um, what year was this? Uh, I started making probably 94, 95. I bet you I got the the recipe down 95, 96. Okay. So at this point, it's hard to remember exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point you're just doing it, you know, just for yourself and your friends and they're like, Oh, these are awesome. I'll take a tram bar. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, can you make me a tray? Um, and I used to call them slabs, but I'd make a tray and then cut them up and put them in a big Ziploc bag. And that's when they were like this big slab of food. Um, and give them to my friends that way. And then enough friends were asking that 
eventually I was like, okay, can you guys, you know, help me a little bit on paying for the ingredients? Um, so that's, yeah, that's how it pretty much started. Um, then so they started be, bugging me and said, these yeah, are way so it better became than a business, right? You're like, yeah, you had, you're on the hook now when they start, you know, handing over some, some cash for a bar, you know, you, you have to like be serious about it. Right. Uh, yeah, pretty serious, but I had it, I had it so dialed and these are all friends of mine and, uh, I wasn't that serious yet. Jeff wasn't that serious yet, but I am serious about making good food. So, <laughs> so, so and speaking of making good food, how did you get started? Were you baking when you were young? Did you grow up baking or cooking? Did you have like culinary experience growing up? Uh, my culinary experience, I would say, was helping my mom in the kitchen. We always had home-cooked meals, uh, you know, and I don't know how, I don't know if that is as common these days, but we always had home-cooked meals um, and a lot of food from the farm, from the the garden, I guess I would say, not the farm, but that was really only my only experience. Maybe I have some of those super taste buds, Jason, you know, who knows? But the, <laughs> but I feel like I have a good sense of taste and flavor. A good palate, um, a good palate, isn't that the yeah? yeah. <laughs> no, well, and I like varied textures, yeah. you know. So, I you know really like a little having a little crunch, a little bit of a chew, a little bit of you know, piece of chocolate in this bite, a you know piece of dried fruit in another bite, or what have you. <laughs> so it's yeah. No, that's a, that's apparent because you literally don't have a bad flavor. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, quite literally, there's not a bad flavor. Um, so, how did you go? So, what was your first like store, or like what was your sort of like? How did you break into actually going retail with your product? Um, that's a really good question. <laughs> my first, uh, my first store. I would really. I worked at um, a bike shop, a mountain bike shop in the summer. And in the winter, it was uh, a backcountry ski shop. So they were pretty much my first store. I kind of dabbled in selling them there because I was working there and it was really easy. Um, and at that point, it really wasn't, I wasn't official, really. It was just, um, you know, I'd wrap them in saran wrap and then put these gear stickers on the bar to seal them. And... Um, there's still some people who remember that, but you get so many gear stickers in the boxes that come into, you know, the outdoor shops that I just had tons of them. And then people would bring in more for me to use to seal up the bars. Um, so that's how it started. But then I, I really did. I got legit. I got a commercial kitchen, um, which was actually a restaurant that I was working in, that I worked in at night. Um, and sometimes after my night shift, I would be making some bars and then on the nights that they were they were actually closed a couple nights and or if the prep cook was done i would go in to the back room and make my bars there so i got legitimate you know had the health inspectors you know come check me out and everything did all the paperwork and and then i could get um a nutritional label put on and truly start selling at stores you know really more more legit um with every every little thing that i needed um and that so that i started hitting up the stores in jackson hole and in teton valley um and and pretty soon almost all the stores had my bars it was pretty awesome yeah they were they were about everywhere uh which they still are as our little hometown area I know what you mean about like all, getting all these gear stickers. I have like just like piles and piles of uh, of these SoCal hiker six pack of peak stickers. I just I don't know. I have like like a closet that's like piled up. I, like I keep sending high. them to you. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Jeff keeps sending me these. I, so you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I need to send these over to you. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, here in the here in the van. Yeah. Oh, got, yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There you go. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like yeah. beer canisters, Nalgene yeah. bottles, coolers, 
the yeah. back of your car. They're all perfect places for these stickers. That's, so why not? that's right. That's Even this little porta potty that we have here. Maybe we, maybe we can place. maybe we can get some Kate's real food stickers. Yeah. Oh, maybe. I'll throw throw maybe. a couple maybe. on the bear cam. Maybe she, you can. If hook you us guys up. send me stickers, I'll send you stickers. Right. <laughs> yeah. like sticker yeah. change. I, I know. <laughs> like when you're in like grade school and everyone bring you know. Yeah. So no, so but it's Kate, an adult thing yeah. now, Jason. Is it really? Like, oh, scratch. Do you have crap? Scratch and sniff uh, Kate's Real Food stickers. Ooh. That's what we need, right? That is a really good idea. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> marketing marketing they campaign. they still make, make you hungry. I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, my gosh. That is an amazing idea. I love we'll it. We'll see if, if a listener knows if there's still a source yeah. that makes Scratch and Sniff stickers, they can leave a... Let, let us know in the comments or whatever on the, on the uh, <laughs> yeah. in the yeah. show notes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> hey, Kate, so you're regional, you know, in the Jackson, you know, Teton Valley area. And, you know, now you're at some point you go beyond that, right? I mean, you start going and you're in, now you're in like Walmart and REI and just kind of all over the place. Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And I hear Delta Airlines even. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. That's it's, huge. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. So tell us about that, really like that step from going like, real. hey, this is a local, you know, cool, you know, local um, bar company. And now you're, you know, nationwide or even even bigger. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How does that happen? You get the right people on your team, Jeff. And I think we've got a really great team right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, from the start, how does that happen? Um, it started like... The first years were actually pretty organic and pretty much slow growth. Uh, and it was, it was, you know, I had a couple salespeople um, that I'd, I'd probably say were green, had never been really in sales before like this. Um, but it was a lot, of, a lot of hard work in walking into stores and talking to people. Um, you know, down to Whole Foods, I think was probably like the biggest, you know, yeehaw, I got in Whole Foods and it was um, down in Salt Lake City. So we were able to get into, we had to get a few stores that wanted us and then they would allow us in and put us in their corporate system. And um, and then a lot of our time and my time too was traveling around to these different stores doing a lot of demos. Um, and you've probably heard it from other companies before. Like I think Justin actually talks about it a lot. Um, from Justin's nut butter, but the sampling was, I mean, the sampling was huge. Once, once someone put the bar in their mouth, it was a game changer. Um, so that really helped with, with the whole foods growth down there. So we got into three and then eventually we picked our way, um, and got into the whole region of the Rocky mountain region. So it was, it was a lot of face to face. It's funny that doesn't happen as much anymore, but I think it, it will, I think it will again. Um, and really good relationship building and the ability to, I mean, we were small, so we, we couldn't, there are some accounts actually way back when where we, we couldn't do it because there was too many bars and we couldn't produce them where we were in Victor, Idaho. Uh, that's what I was wondering. It's like, you know, if you get into whole foods, like corporate wide, I mean, that's the orders, the size of orders goes up you know, exponentially. So like, how do you scale up to manage the demand at that point? You know, like that's gotta be a huge stress even, you know, just to figure that out. It's a really big stress. So honestly, right from, I don't know, 2010, 2012, I started looking for someone to co-manufacture our bars, Um, but we were so small that it was really difficult to find someone that would create our bars for us in small quantities and the way I wanted, you know, you could do it, we could do it, but the bar wouldn't come out the same. And to me, it's really important that the the quality is the same as when I first made it. Um, so they either, you had to do such big quantities. That I was like, well, we'd have to place, find a place to store it. And then they'd sit on the shelf for too long because we don't sell that much yet. Um, so it was a waiting game. So we actually have our had our own production facility in Victor um, and just slowly got more efficient and bigger at it and got, you know, 
some a packaging machine. Um, this is a long time ago. Um, obviously, it wasn't. I don't. I oh, I wish I could tell you how many bars we did in a year, but you know, maybe a hundred thousand. But they were for a long time. They're all done by hand and cut by hand, and then and then we got a packaging machine, and then we got a a bar cutting machine. So they'd cut them out of the large trays. Um, but we still couldn't get to like a huge amount of volume from that Victor location. So, um, so that was tough. So the next step was my business partner actually decided to create a manufacturing facility, uh, for Kate's Real Food. It's a separate business, but it is in Pennsylvania. It's we're really vertically aligned. We had a couple employees moved to Pennsylvania who worked in our production and, and worked in the office in Victor. And since we've done that, which was a couple years ago, we've had the ability to really grow and scale up. Um, and the timing, I think, was really perfect for us. So how do you convince people to move from Victor to Pennsylvania? from the Teton Valley to Pennsylvania. I don't know. I did not do it. <laughs> I don't that know. Must be true love, Kate. True they, love. Yeah. They had they have real passion for the brand. I cannot thank them enough. Because honestly, yeah, that is that's a that's a hard sell to move from the mountains back east. For some people. Some people like it. But um yeah, I'd say my home is definitely in the mountains. What were some of your growing pains? Because I feel like, you know, it goes from a passion project, right? A passion project, you know, bars for friends, some stores. And now, now you're in, and you're, you know, in Delta Airlines, like in all the flights and like, I mean, you're huge. So what were, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as somebody who took this passion project into a business, what were some of the growing pains that you had and some of the challenges? Some of the, like... Uh, business challenges? Yeah. I could do both, business and personal, but... Um, yep, bring it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, some of the challenge. Well, one of the challenges was being able to scale up and get bigger. So, you know, we, we conquered that one. Um, another challenge, I'd say, I think just having a business partner alone is a challenge. So, uh, yeah, Bruce and I have been extremely challenged in the past. You know, not getting along... You know, I wanted to divorce him, you know, as a business partner. We're not married um, for a while, and, you know, he wouldn't have it. So we made up and continued on. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, so that, that, that has been challenging uh, more so in the past. Uh, you know, I, it probably warrants more conversation. I think having, having a business partner, you know, you don't always – see things the same you don't always operate the same in the in the way you treat a business and the way you um work with others etc um but but we've made it work and persevered and um you know i think that that's one thing that's also really important in um in a partnership any partnership or relationship so um that was you know that was a big challenge um you know scaling up as I said, uh, as we've scaled up and grown so quickly, like we have grown very quickly in the last year. Um, and the facility that was built is now too small. Um, so that has been another challenge. Um, it's, I mean, storage, storage wise, but you know, that what that's also being solved. Um, but as you also, get large so quickly um, and are hiring so many people so quickly uh, to make the bars, there's there's always some quality, you know, that, that you have to look at. Um, and that's, you know, one of my biggest priorities is I want my bars to come out just the way they should. Um, and, and, and as you scale up, like speaking of, is it harder to sort of, because like, you know, it's, it's easy if you're doing a small batch to say, get these oats or get the, this, you know, get your fruit or your nuts from, from these smaller providers as you scale up. Is it, is it difficult to sort of maintain the same level of quality 
just in the ingredients alone, if say you're going from a hundred thousand bars to, you know, 10, 20 million or whatever volume you're doing now. I think we've been pretty lucky that the quality of the, the ingredients we've, we've gotten is, um, has been great. You know, the flavor, you know, I'd say all, I do taste testing all the time that the flavor of almonds can vary mm-hmm. from one almond source to another. The flavor of the honey can vary from one honey source to another. I, you know, with every ingredient, it can vary sure. a little bit. So that is one thing that I think we control pretty well and and uh, do a good job on, on vetting uh, where we're getting our ingredients from. But we, we have, I mean, we've been, we've been, I think, really fortunate in having good supply of the ingredients we need. And this, you know, with with the atmosphere that we've been living in for the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, especially uh, during with all the supply chain and all that. That's it's great to hear. Yeah. How big is Kate's Real Food now? Like, how many people do you employ, and do you have? Do you know? Um, we have fifteen employees right now, um, and for Kate's, that's the that's the sales and marketing, and operations. the The production uh, is is separate, even though you know we kind of it's like another marriage where we work so closely with them. Um, I think they have about, and I can't be certain, probably around 50 employees there at the facility. And, and obviously bars is a very like competitive sort of business, at least within the outdoor world. Is it a nice business? Like, are you in like Cliff from Cliff Bar? Do you get along with Cliff? You know, do you get along with, I don't know, Pro, whoever makes Pro Bars? Do you and Pro get along? I mean, or is it a, a pretty savage sort of, uh, you know, tough industry to duke it out in? Jason, I get along with anyone oh, good. and everyone. Just about. <laughs> Just about. I assume. Well, I would not have <laughs> yeah. blamed you if you didn't. Yeah. I would have blamed Cliff. Yeah. You know, although I oh, met, I met the head of Cliff Bar, and he was a perfectly yeah. nice fellow. But, but yeah. you know, I, you know, I, I, who knows, right? You know, it could be, uh, you know, yeah. generally the outdoor industry seems to at least pretend to get along better than some of the other industries. I, you know, I was curious. I think, well, you know, there's there seemed to be. I read an article the other day said something about the bar wars mm-hmm. you know but um i i don't know if you've seen it but i have seen little bar wars between some other big companies um but we have really, really haven't been involved in, in picking on on other brands or, or being picked on are kind bars actually passive aggressive like is kind actually like you know hi i'm kind and then like just stabs you in the back when you're not watching i mean is that you know yeah i don't know when that not yet when that happens i will let you know okay good good keep us informed but uh to build on what jason was saying it's like you you hear stories about that competition for shelf space you know in the stores you know like the, the chip aisle or the soda aisle you know everyone wants to have the the end cap with their soda or their chips or whatever you know for the fourth of july weekend or you know that sort of thing and oh, maybe it's yeah. you know i don't know if that's a thing for bars yet or i i kind of feel like having the you know the whole range of different bars that are out there is a great thing because it just shows that there's so much demand and so much variety and there's like, you know, it's a great opportunity for you to do the same thing when, you know, back in the day, you know, there were only a few choices, you know, yeah, tiger milk years ago. It's like yeah. tiger milk bars and that was it. Tiger milk bars. <laughs> yeah. It goes way back to high yeah. school. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I remember those. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, no, well, you know, when I am in the stores, I, I have done a little rearranging at times. <laughs> a little guerrilla like, marketing, okay, huh? Yeah. Okay. We're not in the right spot. Oh, and look, I can change the little tags and put them up here. So where's the... Yeah. Where do you want to be? I think I'll put some of our bars there. Huh? Yeah. yeah, where do you want to be on the shelves? Like, like right where you... Like, eye level or, you know, like, where's the yeah, prime... Like, right. le- yeah, yeah. yeah. Right I guess it's kind of I don't know. Yeah. Shoulder Eyes, level, yeah. area, yeah. yeah. But not okay. too high because you know the shorter people you want them to be able to. And not too low because yeah. it's all yeah. yeah, it's at your feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy. There's so many bars out there now. Um, I probably wouldn't want to start another bar company and and try to compete. But um, yeah, I think we've got I think we've got something special with the with our bars and being organic and natural and just tasting like 
really amazing with the taste Delicious. and the texture. Like, yeah. Um, but it's funny. Back in the day when I started making the bars, I think there there weren't that many brands. Pro Bar was was. I remember when Pro Bar came out, and I was. This is a little story. Um, and I was. I had made the tram. I was selling the tram bar. I think when Pro Bar came out, because I remember when I saw Art's original blend, I was like, he came up to Jackson Hole, because, you know, that's only down in, like, Salt Lake City area. I was like, he came up to Jackson, he skis. He's come up to Jackson Hole, or come mountain biking up Jackson Hole, and had one of my bars, because all of his ingredients in there are almost exactly the same. <laughs> and then, so, <laughs> and then... Um, Which is interesting because they don't taste the same. Yeah. No, at all. no. Like, even right. though the ingredients may be the same, there's no. Yeah, yeah no, they taste, but they taste completely different. But it was interesting. I don't care if you print, if you, yeah. <laughs> you, you, can, you can mention that, but it was just, I remember. And I was like, God dang. And then later on, I was like, God, if I just started my bar company, you know, even a few years earlier, I feel like the traction would have been so much bigger. Because when I finally did start it, um, like more legitimately and partnered with Bruce in 2010, that was way after I first started making the bars. Um, but, you know, that's hindsight. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. The bars are very good, by the way. I had never tried any until I saw that you were coming on and I got the variety pack and I've had... Uh... I tried a few, and they're and they're actually it's funny because speaking of pro bars, I had a few last week. I was on a trip, and I had a meal bar for every day. And actually, I'm definitely going to start mixing in some of yours because they're lighter than the meal bars, but like roughly the same calories, which is kind of nice. Because yeah. those meal bars yeah. are good because they're so filling for whatever, but they're also like a brick. So you know, um, yeah. So quite no delicious. Brick. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, yeah, I bought the variety pack. It's so far, it's been very good. Um, Good. so pretty exciting. <laughs> Good. Good. Awesome. Jason. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I was on a eight day, I think eight day backpacking trip last summer. And it was funny because you know, bar is good when I, like, I literally saved them for the end of the trip when you know, you're going to be sick of like all of your food. And I was like, but I won't be sick of my Kate's bars. Special pack. I'm like, best said for, no one best ever. For last. Like, best yeah. for last. Yeah. Yep. No one ever said, I want to save. I want to like make sure I have all my Kate's bars, <laughs> all my bars on my backpacking trip after yeah. eight days. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When, when oh. my wife and I did the John Muir trail, uh, we had cliff bars twice a day. You know, it's like snacks in between, you know, it's like, and she's to this day will cannot eat a cliff bar <laughs> as a result. Yeah. <laughs> so I hear later, so yeah. many people yeah. say that. I've heard that same like phrase. There, there's something weird about it because this like, day, I can't eat yeah. a cliff bar. Like cliff bars, oatmeal, all these things that like, if you backpack and that's all you eat, you just get so sick of them that even like 10, 15 years later, like I still can't eat, eat oatmeal. Because all I ate backpacking in the 90s was oatmeal, you know. And now to this day, yeah. it's like I just can't even, like, I can't even stomach it. I'm, like, so sick of it. Huh. <laughs> so, Kate, how do you decide, like, when you want to bring a new flavor on? How did you decide, like, I know you have the snack bites, like, bags now, like, like little, like, chunks. Like, how do you kind of decide product development-wise, like, when you're just sort of cruising of, like, hey, we've got a good thing and we're cruising versus mm -hmm. we still need to be innovative and bring in new new products well honestly we've really only touched the surface in many ways of like oh our people don't know about kate's real food you know that's one great thing that we'll have with delta i think the brand will become more known um, and more recognized by more people but i mean if you went out there and asked someone if they knew about kate's real food I, I, most people don't um so what we have now hasn't even touched so many people, you know? So eh, right now we're kind of at cruising, but I think um, next year in 2023, we'll, we'll be bringing out a couple new flavors. Um, and maybe, maybe they'll be limited, um, you know, for just limited offer, buy them while we have them. I have amaz some really amazing flavors. Like I have the recipes already done. I've got a ton of them. Is one of them the McRib? 
Is it going to be a McRib bar? How did you know? Okay. How did you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's our first McDonald's reference in the entirety of our yeah. of our sixty plus sixty five plus episodes. But uh. sorry, I couldn't resist. Yeah. Well, that does that does raise an interesting question. It's like m- most bars, most bars are tend to be sweet. Have uh, any any thoughts about doing like a savory bar? You know, adding that into the mix. I, I had a savory bar at one point. I'm thinking about bringing it back. Um, that was the Kaz bar when the bars had names. The bars don't have names anymore, but that was like an Indian spice, coconut, dark chocolate bar. Um, it was actually really good. We had like a little cult following about that bar, but but it was a little before its time because other people just, I think, expected something different and just hated it. Either it was a love or a hate. So it was really interesting. I might tweak that bar and bring it back, but yeah. No, that that's been that's been in discussion. I don't know what's going to happen with it, Jeff, but it's there. All right. All right. So I want to know. Let's get like, let's get personal. So <laughs> I know you're a big adventurer. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah. this was born out of your love of adventure and your love of getting outdoors and wanting something that wasn't going to freeze on the slopes um, that you could snack on. So what? What is your current like? What do you do for fun now? Like, what are your, what adventure your just for the people who are obviously listening and can't see our videos, she's in her van. So there's mm-hmm. a van life element to her life, um, to Kate's life. So yeah, tell us a little bit about what you're, how you're currently adventuring and spending time outdoors these days. My number one, I'd say over the last 30 years, my adventures had, they've changed, um, but they've always been you know, great adventures. So I was into a really big mountain biker for a while, obviously really big skier. Um, and dabbled in the kayaking for a bit and and climbing for a bit but now um i really love crazy but i love i still love two-wheel travel the difference now is my big bike my big mountain bike is actually a dirt bike um so (laughs) i got a motor yeah, I call it a big mountain bike. You know, it's funny because there's the mountain bikes and then now there's the e-bikes, which are kind of like the in-between between the, between that and the dirt bike. So it's it's the dirt bike. I think it's the learning curve on it was is really fun and it continues to be fun. Uh, there's always more to learn on the dirt bike and it really parallels mountain biking. Uh, quite a bit. So, and I always love to challenge myself. I think in whatever I'm doing to always get better, whether it's business or, you know, just the way you live life or how you recreate. So the dirt biking has been amazing. I've met really great people. Um, one thing we're doing now really is traveling to different areas and, and checking out different dirt bike areas where you can bike i mean and that also includes mountain biking so we've been mountain biking and dirt biking um and like i said earlier um before we started um video or the audio i i i sold my house and we are until we have a new place uh, we're traveling and checking out different areas in the van um so that alone is an adventure in itself how to become efficient in such a little space so so speaking of new places i guess um you know i mean you started what early 90s in the teton in jackson in the teton area i mean it has been crazy to see how much it's changed just over the uh you know that 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 period is that why you're moving i mean it seems like it's a completely from the first time i went till now it's like a completely different vibe a completely different place it's completely different. Yeah. yeah. Um, wait, what do you want me to comment about? Oh, uh, just, just like what are, yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you think? I mean, you know, <laughs> I'll be honest. I liked it better the first time I went than, you know, yeah. than the last few times I was there, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad place to visit. I'm just saying it's not. No, it's beautiful. It's a great yeah. place to visit. If yeah. no one's ever been there before, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. It's the, the mountains are magical. They're, they are full of power. You can feel them. Um, and I mean, the recreation is, you can, I think, find anything to fit anyone and, and their likes. Uh, there's so much to do in, in Jackson. 
the river, the mountains, um, the air, you know, I don't go over there as much anymore. Honestly, Jason, it is very, it's crowded. It's yeah. crowded. Um, it has changed a lot. You know, I like to tell the story that I used to work at, you know, Anthony's restaurant in Jackson hole and get done at work, um, at, you know, between nine thirty and 10 o'clock at night. And I would mountain bike from Jackson hole all the way out to Wilson, you know, home. And which is about, God, how many miles is that? I don't know, six miles maybe. And I would have maybe one or two cars pass me after 10 o'clock at night. And now it's just a line of people. So it's, it's $200,000 $200, SUVs now too, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it definitely got uh, the, yeah. the, the makeup of the population has definitely changed. I, I, but I there's a, a reason. There's yeah, a reason why everyone no. goes there. It's amazingly yeah. beautiful. It's the gateway to Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Park. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Everyone, I think, needs to see it. Not a, and I don't know how many people know about Jackson Hole. You know, back east, um, I think out west, a lot of people know about it. But well, I think Kanye, Kanye, kind of like right. I mean, <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> once Kanye talks about it or moves there, it's you know, everyone knows about it. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> There's been a lot of celebrities through there too. <laughs> so so far in your travels, where is there any place that's kind of resonated with you, or some new favorites that you've explored? Uh, you know, no, it's it's been really neat. Um, I'm in Washington state right now and we were in down in Arizona, uh, for the winter and which is, you know, very dry and deserty and coming up here. Then we started traveling North. So we went through Las Vegas for a little bit area and then, um, you know, St. George back North through Utah. And then we're back in Idaho for, for a couple weeks. And then, coming up here that it's so i forget how lush and green everything is um so I, I can't say i have a really favorite place yet but it's just been really neat to have such a variety um and come back to you know ferns everywhere and and yeah. tons of green even though you're you know we're like an hour or less from seattle um, from a huge city. It's just such a beautiful green state, Washington. Yeah. All right. I have another question as a business owner, um, asking for a friend. Ha ha ha. So how are you like work life balance? <laughs> Do you feel like you've kind of figured it out? Do you feel like, you know, over the trajectory, it was like definitely more work, you know, less balance or how are you feeling about things now? I think always trying to figure it out a little bit. Work-life balance for me is a little bit, but is is quite a bit better than it used to be. This might happen to a lot of business owners who start their own business, but I definitely got burnt out because I was working way too much, and it forced me to step back. I really couldn't even look at a computer screen for for very long. Or I mean, well, I guess I probably was looking at a computer screen for more time than most people but there there was a point where I was like I just gotta I gotta shut it off there's a certain time at night I'm just gonna shut everything off and then it was the weekends I was like I gotta I gotta shut it off like I felt like I needed to heal from being so overworked I was like I, I don't want to quit because I've gotten so overworked sort of sort of thing so I made changes and yeah, I healed, I guess. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and the, like, yeah, you, I think people, you can start losing your passion if, if you're working too much because then you're not doing what you love and what, you know, actually for me started the business was the outdoors and getting outside. And, and that's where, you know, I think for me, that's where I found my serenity and to be able, felt more grounded. And when I was, actually when I was working really long hours, I would still make a point at least to get out for a half hour, you know, to reset myself, like getting out and going for a mountain bike ride and getting out into the woods really can change, can change the attitude and change your energy level and kind of bring you back and ground you. So I'm not working like I used to, which is great. And we have a really great team and I thank the team really for 
my ability to be able to step back and not be trying to sell the bar or market the bar all the time because we have people that can do that. Do you still, are you still in the kitchen? Are you still experimenting with flavors or, you, or do you yes. have other people to help you with that? Or is that still all your, the one little thing you haven't sent out to, you know, delegate it out to me. other people. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. me. Yeah. I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. It's still my recipes. Yep. In the van, are you, is it like a Coleman? Do you have like an old Coleman out there in the van and you're like mixing up bars and, you know, an old green, you know, camp stove and. I did have a Coleman, but no, I got a new upgraded, yeah. uh, Stove and I don't make I don't make them in the van yet. Okay. Although I may be soon, and yeah. if I do, I'm definitely gonna have to take photos. Yeah. I need the right I need the right you know I need all the right equipment when I'm doing my have my like a, stuff. A giant Viking yeah. stove in the van. No room for you anymore, but there's a giant exactly. you know stove and yeah. Exactly. And a mobile cast kitchen. iron yeah. skillets and yeah. yeah. So I'm on your website right now, Kate, and I see you have. Team almond butter and team peanut butter. And don't mm -hmm. you think in these polarized times we can all come together and just admit that cashews are gross? No, I love cashews. Oh, no, I'm they're not, terrible. No. Oh, they're the <laughs> worst. No. What is your I'm just, problem? I'm just proud that I'm happy you don't have ca a cashew thing. It's so nice, oh. you know? Okay, I mean, well, good. You get a thing of <laughs> you get a thing of mixed nuts, and it's like it's like like all cashews, one almond and a raisin, which isn't even on the picture of the can. I mean, it's really? like, oh gosh, yeah. I'll, I'll take all the cashews one. you don't no, want. No, yeah. Jason, oh. just just send me your cashews. No, I'll eat cashews all day have long. A lot of almonds and not many cashews, so oh, maybe well, we should get together. I know, and swap. swap those out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, the more almonds, the better. Uh -huh. but, uh, I used to have cashews in the tiki bar. Oh yeah. Uh, sorry, it's not the tiki bar. Yeah. Um, anymore. People I know what. What is it the now? Tiki, I was like, the tiki bar is the mango coconut. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I haven't tried that one, obviously. It's right. so good. Or I would have, or I would have said I like all the flavors I tried so far, but the one with cashews in it. It doesn't have cashews. We okay. don't have any cashews anymore. Okay. In the bar, so you're safe. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> Was it hard to go from like your fun names and like kind of like where you started to sort of being probably a little bit more like public friendly, you know, like you know, yeah. consumer friendly yeah. from away from your names? Yeah, I'd say that's another challenge. Uh <laughs> But the brand is great. I it really miss. Amazing. I really miss the names. Yeah. No, the packaging. Yeah, we love. We think it looks great. But I miss the names. I just think they're really fun. And I used to always compare my bars to a craft beer. Mm -hmm. You know, like Fat Tire has all different names for their beer and different yeah. labels. Like that's that's what I really you know the creative side in me loved that about the bars. A different name that you know might fit the bars but well you know i don't think anyone would think that the grizzly bar is uh, a dark chocolate peanut bar you, you yeah. need to have an insiders club that where they have the the the, the name yeah. that's not on the package and everybody <laughs> uses you know oh it's the grizzly bar it's the yeah uh, yeah that would be fun <laughs> yeah yeah well it still is kind of an insider it's like all the old school yeah. folks still call yeah. them by their name you know so it's, it's pretty fun to still have that I'll have to do a little ditty on just what the old bars, their names were yeah. and why. Um, but yeah, it was super fun. Kate, what was the moment when you were like, holy shit, I've made it? <laughs> like, you know, did you have that kind of moment of where it was like, oh, this is like, real, like, oh my gosh, like this is all like really happening and just like. She lives in a van down by the river. I, you know, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm totally kidding. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally joking. Yeah, I don't. That's uh, very true, but um, no, Jason, I'm but, joking. Um, yeah, I'm totally kidding. I um, I've not had that moment yet. Believe it or not, like to me, I'm like we're not there yet. Do, do you fly uh, American? Do you fly American? Is that why? Like you haven't been on like Delta and someone's like giving you one. <laughs> I fly the cheapest flight on yeah, yeah. mine. <laughs> That's good. I could keep motivated. All right. No, yeah, it's it's funny. Um, to me, I I kind of always say it's it's surreal. You know, Delta was big. Yeah. You know, before that, REI was big. You know, yeah. we're in all the REIs, which I like to think that they choose high quality products, oh. um, which they do. So yep. 
you know, getting into all the different whole food regions, that's super important to me. Um, and I just feel like, I don't, yeah, I haven't hit that moment, which is interesting. Some, something I could probably deep dive into why at some point, but. <laughs> little therapy in there. <laughs> I, I, I have a, I have a two part question that kind of dovetails with this. And that is first, like, what is, what's your next big business goal for Kate's Real Foods? And what's your next big outdoor adventure goal? You have some, or do you have a, a big outdoor adventure goal? Wow. Okay. Uh, first one was biggest new business goal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I really actually want to bring out some of my new flavors. Is my my personal next business goal. Um, that's small though. Yeah. Well, as far as the business. Well, one, I do want people across the country to know, you know, to know who Kate's Real Food is. But even, I think maybe even before that, I want to be able to really do what I first intended to do this business, which was to grow it big enough where, where I can start, we can start as a brand giving back to the things we love, which, which to me and why the brand started was organic farming and outdoor play as far as outdoor play it's just it's so good for the soul just for i think anyone's health mental and physical health but so good for the soul and a lot of people don't experience it enough so i think to be able to bring that experience to people somehow in whatever way through education or you know uh, the organizations like like city kids or big city mountaineers they do it they bring they bring city kids kind of out out into the wilderness to be able to experience something that they might never experience um, if they didn't have the help to do it so along those lines and you know as we're still growing and and figuring things out but those that's that's where that's my big goal to be able to you know change people through through the outdoors and also through just learning having people understand food more um you know there's a reason why my bars are organic and there's a reason why they were made um organic foods do you know a lot a lot of great things for the environment you know it's the regenerative agriculture and not all organic is regenerative but um i think you know the world's going in the right direction and I'd really love to be able to, to help that direction and in, in whichever way we, as we grow, can do that. Um, so that's, those are my big, that's my big, big goal. Yeah. Awesome. What we're doing right now and kind of checking out new places. I, I really love that. Um, I love meeting new people when we, when we do go adventure into new places um, and meeting them in the outdoors doing, you know, the passionate things that you love. Um, that, that's probably number one. And that's probably the easiest, you know, right here in the States. There's, I think there's so much to, to see right here in the States that a lot of us have no idea about. Um, other than that, I'd, I'd like, I mean, on our, on my list, well, and on my man's list, both of our lists is getting back to, you know, Romania or, which is an amazing country with amazing mountains, um, or Spain, and and adventuring there, adventuring in, in other countries. It's ever it's ever changing for me. So I don't have like a very specific item, Jeff. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty. That's, that's okay. Yeah. It's good to it's good it's good to stay open. <laughs> I think a lot to see you know. Just to warn you, in Romania they have both bears and vampires. So you got to be you got to be pretty oh. careful in those mountains. You know. That's what makes Transylvania it and, more you know, of an adventure, Jason. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that's when the savory bar with the garlic. Yeah, with the garlicky candy, bear right? yeah, will help you. Gotta, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you need oh. to carry a vampire can alongside of your your bear can, but but you know you want to be careful for both. Oh, I want to live forever though. So. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, there is that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Kate, I have a question. When you're traveling and you're sort of like landing in these places and you're trying to get to know the people and like the local communities, what sort of, I mean, I know it's probably always different, but is it like 
a couple weeks? Is it a month? Like what kind of feels like the right amount of time to sort of be there long enough to sort of feel it on, you know, feel it out and meet the people. Oh. Move on. Well, that's something one. I'm still figuring out, Severia. Yeah. So, yeah. That's um, right now. I feel like we haven't been in a place for long enough to. Yeah. It's just right now it's little tastes. So if yeah. we get a taste, maybe we'll come back and stay longer. Yeah. You know, um, in, and down in Arizona though, we were there for a, a few months, uh, well, a couple months. And, and that was pretty good because he actually, you know, traveling right now, it, it's hard to get into a routine. Um, but when we were in Arizona, we were kind of put in one place yeah. for a while and, you know, kind of had more of a, a daily routine, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and then you get to, it's easier to get to know the community and people and places when you're there. Yeah. I, ideally, I would say over a month to be in one place. I mean, really a couple months or more. Like if you really like something, it'd be, it'd be cool to go back and stay for a while and get to know more people in the community and really be a part of the community a little bit. Would, yeah. Wouldn't it be ironic if you ended up choosing like Kansas, you know, or someplace with like no outdoor, you know, just flat, you know, <laughs> no, no outdoor, no outdoor life whatsoever. It's probably not going to happen, but <laughs> you never know. How did that even enter your head? Jason? I don't know. I yeah. just think it's funny. You're trying out all these places right. and then you land and you get stuck in Kansas and you're like, you know. You'd have <laughs> hey, to hey, go Kansas there Kansas has a high point. Yeah, Kansas. Yeah, it's a plateau. It's not even. You were there, weren't you, Jeff? Did yeah, you say? I went, I went it was there just last like, year. It's yeah. just like off the highway and you don't well, even. There's like no peak or mountain. It's just like it's, a sign. I think they call it Mount Sunflower or okay. something like yeah. that. It's, yeah, it's got, and it has sunflowers growing on it. I have yeah, a feeling yeah. you want to go to kansas jason i've been to kansas you know it's not it's yeah. all right you know that's that's fine you know i have nothing, nothing against, against kansas, kansas nothing against place. it it's just okay. not where an outdoorsy person such as ourselves would would probably want to land is, is all i'd say i'm yeah. not sure i haven't yeah. been there before so i, would, yeah. I wouldn't know actually yeah. well you yeah. have a big gravel bike scene obviously i think it's there you go un oh. unbound gravel yeah. there so they have that so they have that yeah. going for them but um, yeah. they might have a ton of i bet you they have a ton of hidden gems we don't even know about mm -hmm. yeah they probably do. You know, they're like, ooh, oh. Yeah. Don't, let anyone, don't let anyone know. Don't let anyone know. Don't come to Kansas. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's just flat. Like There's nothing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been super fun learning about both your business journey and your personal journey. And I love the fact that you're reaching this level of success and you're still like, nope, not there yet. I'm going for it. I'm still gunning for it. <laughs> you know, hitting for the fences. So, yeah. um, I really appreciate your, you know, your authentic self showing up and the fact that like Kate's a real person behind Kate's real food folks. Like it's awesome. She's great. <laughs> so I love yeah, that. I, I love that. Yeah. I know. I love it. It's awesome. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time today and yeah. joining us. Thanks. Kate. No, thank you. Really no, thanks. It. That was great you. talking to you. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Jason. Yeah, no, so fun. Talk. I could, I could hang out here and talk to you guys all day. Um, thanks for making it really fun. Yeah. And no joke, no joke folks like who are listening, like her bars are really, really good. Like <laughs> they are whether really you're really outdoors or not, they're really good. And no I cashews and they the don't have cash and no cashews. They don't have cashews just <laughs> for Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us. Please make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast and follow us on social media on Instagram at almost there underscore AP or the almost there adventure podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to us at Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash ATAP. You can find Severia at adventure us women. That's adventure us women, Jeff at the SoCal hiker or me at the Muir project. Our title track almost there is performed by Opus orange and is provided courtesy of Emoto. For more about this episode and all of our others, make sure to check out the show notes on our website, almostthereadventurepodcast.com. On the next episode, we talk to race director Jen McVeigh. As always, thanks for listening. <laughs>